Welcome to the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by Brain Fuel. Brain Fuel is a cerebral beverage that helps you find your flow state, enhance mental focus, and cognitive endurance. Elevate the brain and the body. To get yours, visit brainfuel.com, B-R-E-I-N, fuel.com, and enter the code LIFO15 at checkout for your 15% off discount, L-I-F-O-1-5, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office podcast, powered by Brain Fuel. Here with my guest, Michael Lusher, uh, CEO of Point Three. Really excited to have Michael on to talk a little bit about his background, his experience, journey into the world of sports, and, and also into the world of apparel, which is certainly a um, crowded one, a busy one, but nonetheless an exciting one. And all sorts of new inventions, technologies, looks, fashions, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, the, 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 the work from home where Michael, uh, I'm sure we can get into that a little bit of, of kind of where you fit into that mold, but nonetheless, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate you having me here, Jake. Uh, and I, as I mentioned, I don't want to, want to jump the shark, but, but I've enjoyed all the prep and, and getting to know a little bit about the pod. So thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So just give us a little, a quick GPS as to how you got to starting point three, because you had some time at the league office in baseball, at, at, you know, at MLB, uh, as well as the NFL on the sponsorship and media side. And then someone would say, well, how did you get into apparel? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the, the most direct answer is that my, my family on both sides of my family were in apparel and, and probably because of that, I, I ran as fast as I could in the other direction. Uh, my mom, we, I, I was raised, you know, right next to the garment district. My mom was a fashion designer for 30 plus years. And then both sides of my family were knitters before they moved to, to this country. I'm a, I'm a first generation American. So uh, I guess technically it's in my blood. Um, but the origin story wasn't specifically designed around apparel. It was designed around sweat. So uh, did about 11, 12 years total between MLB and NFL. Moved down here to Atlanta, got involved in a software startup um, that handles online registration for youth sports that we built up and we and, and Dick's Sporting Goods acquired. So it's now, I think it's now called Sports Connect. So it was acquired by Dick's, then Stack, then Stack became Sports Connect, but a really nice software tool. Um, and when that transaction closed and I exited that partnership, it was, what am I going to do next? Always been a hooper, mediocre player almost good enough to play D3, which is like mediocre by, by most standards. Um, so I got back into shape. I got into a gym. It was summer of 09. It was really hot. It was a, just a tiny little band box of a gym in Midtown Atlanta. And whereas I'm a mediocre player, I'm always the best sweater on the court. Without fail, undisputed heavyweight champion, sweating right now. It's just kind of my thing. Humid humidity or dryness doesn't matter? No, no, it doesn't. Breathing, breathing equals sweat for me. So, and, and when I, when I'm actually exerting myself, it's, it's voluminous. Um, so uh, hydrohydrosis is the, the medical term. So I would sweat so much. I wear sleeveless shirts, sweat would drip down my arm and actually saturate my hands to the point where I had trouble controlling the basketball. So I would steal my wife's kitchen towel and I'd hang it over my waistband like a quarterback does. So I could dry my hands off without leaving the court. And my current business partner now made a joke. He was like, oh, you should get some safety pins and just pin that towel to the side of your shorts. And we were like, shit, that's a good idea. 
So we filed for a patent in 2009. And again, this is now, you know, leveraging my family background. I knew enough to be dangerous. I knew which trade shows to go to, who to call, how to kind of interject myself into a discussion that I really had no business being in. Um, and so the idea, the invention, which we call Drive, Drive Moisture Control, is actually the concept that birthed the brand, point three. Um, so it was not intentional to get into basketball. It wasn't intentional to start this thing. It was just too good of an idea to not see through to where it is today. So I'd like to tell you that I had the idea of starting my first book when I hit the pillow one time and I had an idea and I, got, I like quickly got up and I just wrote it in a note on my phone and then I went back to sleep and I acted on it the next day. When you had that aha moment of like, oh, like, what if we did this? Did you sit on it? Like, what, like, what did you do? Did you next day, like you're calling a bunch of people? I mean, what, what happened? Yeah, really, really good question. Um, so my, my wife is far better suited to be an entrepreneur than I am. She's like the, right, you, you need a little bit of the like ready, ready fire aim. And I'm like, aim, let's aim again. Have we thought about the aiming? Are we properly aimed? So I did all of the aiming, right? Like a lot of the logistical work and, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a grinder, a doer. So I tried to get as much done. And at one point, so that was, we filed for the patent in August of 09. And, and it was probably January. And she was like, are you, are you doing this or not? I was like, I'm not sure yet. She's like, you, you know, you're doing this already. So it was a little bit of the like, kind of push me off the cliff. Um, which thank goodness she did. Um, but yeah, to your point, um, I do remember, and I actually missed the creative inspiration and how it affects sleep and dreams and keeping that notepad by the bed. I, I remember that fondly when sort of like anything is possible. And if literally, if you can dream it, like you might have a shot. I still have those notes, um, drawings for logos and, and concepts around our first line, like that was very much fundamental to what we were doing back in the day. So now fast forward from 2009, you've got point three launched, you've got now kind of esports gear along with basketball gear. I mean, talk a little about the differentiation there. And then also, where does your experience at both MLB and NFL come into play now that you're kind of into some of the different spaces? Yeah, um, an another good question. So, um, in, in the in the small business or startup world, it's called a pivot. And, and I think in like the rest of the world, it's just called a fuck up. Like you you pivot because you you head in the wrong direction and you got to change course. So we've had a lot of pivots um, <laughs> is the euphemistic way to, to, to describe it. When we launched, our, our first line was Spring 11. We we're available for sale at Models and Villa, handful of sneakerhead shops. And we actually sold really well. We just, we couldn't, Gross was good, net was tragic. We couldn't make money. Um, so the first pivot was one that, you know, looking back on it was, was right, but we're probably more lucky than smart, was direct to consumer. And, and that was, we started really focusing on that in 13, 14. So we were a little early on that train. And, and then, so what would happen is I'd go to these grassroots tournaments back in 2013, 14, like I was this past weekend. We've been a fixture on the grassroots basketball scene now for eight years. And we'd be talking to coaches, talking to players, selling some shorts here or there. And we kept getting coaches coming up to us saying, do you guys make uniforms? 
And I'm like, yeah, of course we make uniforms. And we go and figure out how to make uniforms. Um, and now team uniforms, we have over 2000 teams every year. That's our largest gross revenue driver. Um, and what we've recently realized in sort of, I'd call this like probably V3.0 of the company is that with the collective reach of all the teams that we outfit are sort of being a fixture on the grassroots scene and the relationships we have there, we reach a critical mass of a quarter of a million basketball players every single year. And so V3.0 of the business is leveraging that reach and finding ways and partners to be able to extend that. So that's the, the basketball side. Uh, still not wholesale, um, not up. And, and I guess our omni-channel is the team side of our business and then, and then a really aggressive focus on the direct-to-consumer side, heavy emphasis on customer acquisition. The gaming side came about last year. Um, you know, it, it was, a, as you can imagine, we had a great 19. We were so bullish on 20 that we took a massive inventory risk on a couple of key styles, brought in a couple of containers that the warehouse is behind me. We unloaded the first week of March. So that was great timing because there was this, I don't know if you heard, there was a pandemic and everything stopped. And so um, we were, we kind of had the proverbial oh shit moment of how do we keep the lights on? Um, and we had dabbled in gaming a little bit. We, we have a division of our company where we license our technology drive to other third party apparel brands. And sweaty hands are a real issue for competitive gamers. We know that. Um, the licensing program that we did with a third party was actually very successful. And we said, this is the space where we're going. And from a sort of consumer segmenting perspective, grab me a hundred ball players aged 11 to 15, 90 of them are avid gamers. So we know where the customer lives, the brand value prop survives. And so that was sort of how we got into the gaming space. And we know that our, our IP matters. So the gaming started in earnest October, November of 20. And it's just been our, our rocket ship to use that, that slightly overused emoji. Um, but uh, it's been super fun, intellectually stimulating to learn about a new space. I, you know, I probably aged out around Mike Tyson's punch out. Um, so just really getting to know the space, getting to know the people, how quickly it moves. Uh, that's been super fun and, and exciting. No, that's great. And, and as you think about, I mean, you mentioned rocket ship pivot, there's a lot of overused terms and, and acronyms and all that, but I, I don't think they're going away anytime soon. So we'll yeah. just keep using them. They're, synerg um, they're synergistic, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, at the end of the day, um, you're talking about, you know, you're reaching a specific demographic, right? That is always, there's always more, right? Like, yes, there is the, the, you know, 30 year old that's going to buy the pair of pants and they're probably not going to get a new one until, you know, 38, but the 11 year old is going to grow between 11 and 12 is going to grow between 12 and 13 is going to grow between 12 and 14. Right now you're having to get different sizes every, yeah, every yeah. year or two, you know, you would think, I mean, Hey, like some people grow and then they stop growing. And, and that's another story for another day. But, um, you know, as you think about your consumer base, it's always changing, literally, yeah. figuratively. And, and there's a uniform. Uh, the analogy I make is, you know, um, my wife will get dressed in the morning and put on Lululemon or Athleta or insert name of activewear brand, because that's her uniform for the day. She, she may go to a yoga class. She may go for a walk with a friend. She may go to the grocery store. 
but she's ready to do whatever her day get, throws at her or she wants to do with her day. The, the 11 to 15 year old kid is no different. Um, and, and as we reposition 0 0.33.0, it's really about the modern athlete. It's this kid that really has, wears the same thing. If you look at a day in the life, they're waking up in the winter, it's a hoodie and joggers. In the summer, it's, it's shorts and a t-shirt. And whether they're going to school or camp, they're, they're doing something physical at the end of the day. If they're elite, they're, they're practicing and changing into gear. But maybe it's just knockout with friends in the playground. And then when they're done with homework, they're gaming. And, and so what we want to be is the, the first, first pull off the laundry pile for that, for that kid. And so far, we think we've got a few products that really address their needs and, and what they do every day. And uh, it's exciting. It, it's, it's been, and then for us, it really makes the, the leap from we've always been really heavily rooted in performance into what is truly, we now understand your lifestyle. We understand where you're living, what you're doing. And so it's a very authentic, not like we're performance and now we want to be streetwear. It's, we know what your life is and we know what you want and we're going to make better gear for you. Yeah, I mentioned the kind of work from home thing, you know, early on uh, as kind of a, hey, we'll talk about it. But what have you learned from that in terms of, look, people wearing it for work, uh, having it as their lifestyle kind of just wear as a whole, you mentioned the uniform kind of being the storytelling component of it, right? Where, mm -hmm. you, you know, you might get that workout in during lunch, but you're still behind the screen. So, you know, it, it works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I, you know, we developed our, our first gamer short. So as I said, our, our key innovation is drive and, and it's most commonly used as like a towel built into your shorts. Well, the, the gamer shorts that we made, can easily, we've marketed them as gamer shorts, but when I'm working from home or I'm not in the office or I can wear whatever I want, I'm rocking those because it's an entire absorbent with a really high performance moisture wicking interior. And they're just great for whatever you're doing at home. Um, and if you wanted to hop on the Peloton and catch a ride, like you're straight, you can do it. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it is a quickly evolving customer base, whether you're talking about kids or adults. And, and I think one of the fun things about running a small business is how quickly we can make decisions, how nimble we are. And so we can try to stay either on the crest of the wave or slightly ahead of it. Um, that, that's seeing where the market's going is always one of the more fun, fun parts of the job. Yeah, other than the towel hanging on the handlebars, I definitely wish I had a pair of those for riding on the Peloton. Uh, not a, you know, not a, a shameless plug or anything, but I think I might have to get myself a pair. So, hey man, we we'll we'll see how well this goes, and uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll 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 bank you credits. We'll give you a discount code. The whole thing. Yeah, there no, you go. We, there I, you go. Well, so you mentioned you know kind of the the great thing about running a small business, right? And there's definitely different components as to how you're preparing for your day you know, you're probably a lot more autonomous than maybe being in corporate America to some extent in, in some of your other roles or whatnot. But as you think about, um, you know, hey, we're supported by brain fuel, got to, you know, talk up kind of how you get prepared for your day, right? How do you lock in focus and also prepare for the worst too, right? You were talking about those decisions that you had to make to keep the lights on back in March and um, those aren't easy. So, just give us a kind of a quick snapshot of how you, how do you mentally prepare for your day as an entrepreneur? Um, and how is that maybe different than how you went about it when you first started your career? Uh, it's for me, it, there's one sort of key distinction. Um, and, and, and it's most directly describes that I, I started meditating every morning. 
every morning three years ago. Uh, is a great uh, Dan Harris, the I think he, I don't know if he's still, but uh, this this ten percent happier concept is just for me it was game changing. Um, I think like most entrepreneurs, I've got a high motor up here, like it just it, high RPMs. I'm not saying I'm like I may smart anybody, but like shit moves up there, and and just the idea of of being in the moment, mindfulness, pausing. I do a lot more pausing now. Uh, I've historically. Uh, I'm a born and bred New Yorker and, and people make fun of New Yorkers because we're the only ones that start sentences saying I'm a New Yorker. So, but, <laughs> but we're, we're high energy we're we're ping pong responses. And, and so I think the biggest change is just slowing down. Maybe that's coming with age, but for me, me meditation has been powerful and just being a little more intentional. Um, and, and to your second point, like, riding out these inevitable ups and downs my uh one of my business partners has a, had a great um shout out to miko simon had a great uh cartoon behind him the life of an entrepreneur and it's six windows and it was like shit shit same exact drawing but it's just like a thought bubble shit 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 woohoo shit shit and it's it's very true like you know if you if you can't deal with rejection and failure and and you know, heavy doses of no, then this probably isn't a space for you. And just being comfortable and, and having the conviction to know that what we're doing is, is the right path, um, that, that's been really important as well. And just from a, being in the sports business as a whole, what's the most important mental side aspect to it? Whether mm -hmm. it's from your time at the league office, I mean, just as a whole. Uh, I mean, I would say perspective is really important. I mean, we're not operating on sick people, right? Like we're, we're effectively, I know so many of us, I, I was fortunate to um, have been given some advice early on that I knew I'd be working in sport. And, and so I, I, I graduated, I went to Ithaca College because at the time it was one of a handful of schools back in 1993 that had an undergraduate sports management program. Now there's hundreds and hundreds. Uh, I would never get a job if I graduated today. Uh, but I, I think we spend so much of our time, so much of our waking hours working. And if you can't be passionate about what you're doing, like what's the point? So I think, you know, maintaining that passion, maintaining that positive outlook, which is like, we're, we're doing business, we have core responsibilities, but it's rooted in games and play. And that's freaking awesome. Like that's really, if, if you look at it through that lens, um, it allows you to have a bit of levity in, in any situation. And, and then I just like, I'm passionate about basketball in particular, but, but larger subset sports and being able to, whether it's getting kids playing or, or, you know, back into the league office days of trying to get people in China to understand and love American football. Like, What's more fun than that? Like, that's a great way, you know, I pop out of bed every day because that's what's better than that. Absolutely. Um, you know, I was going to ask you if you had the brain of someone for a day, but since you're such a basketball guy, if you could have a guy shot for a day. Oh, man. Who would you have? Well, so I, I in fairness, I did do, th that was the one question I wanted to, I did prep for. So I had to give you my answers because they were thoughtful. Um, 
I would love, and, and it's, it's related. I would love to have, if I can have the brain for a day, it would be that of a basketball savant. So I, I categorize LeBron, Luca, uh, Rajon Rondo, maybe at a slightly older, lesser level, but I would love to be able to, I still play pandemic notwithstanding. I would love to see the game through the eyes and brain of someone where it's just moving slower, right? Like Luca's out there and you can tell he's moving at a different pace as everybody. I would love that. Um, in terms of jumper, I mean, Ray Allen, there's no, and, and I'm a huge Larry Bird fan, but like, there's no more beautiful thing in sport than a Ray Allen jump shot. Uh, there's some advanced metrics that talk about uh, how consistently, you know, a good shooter jumps and lands in the same spot. And, and apparently Ray Allen is like 99.4%, like highest ever of just like wherever he comes up, he comes down. Um, so uh, yeah, in yeah. terms of shooting, it's, it's, it's Ray Allen. Uh, he definitely had a smooth stroke for sure. Um, I, he was on one of the commercials the other day during the finals as they were hyping it up. It was like, you know, showing greatest moments of, of the finals. He definitely had a couple of those. Um, last two questions for you. If you could be best in a single mental sport and it might be esports cause you're now creating some gear for it. Yeah. Uh, but chess, poker. I mean, what, what do you have? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'll tell you a quick story. Our first partnership in the gaming space was with an incredible dude. Uh, his name is Nadal Nasser. He was the MVP of the 2019 NBA 2K League. And his, his gamer tag is Mama, I'm that man. And so, ooh, excuse me, we sent out some influencer kits and he got one and he called the office and he was all fired up. Need to know what these are, need more. And so my CMO called him back and he was like, quick talk. And he's like, all right, man. I I got to go. I got to get some shots up. And we're all, we're all hoop heads. So he's like, uh, wait, does that mean like, are you shooting? Or are you playing video games? He's like, no, 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 I'm going to play video games. So, so, but when we really got to know Nadal, very much the, the cadence and the seriousness with which they take this stuff, they're athletes. They're perfecting their craft. They're, I don't know physiologically, but fast twitch, quick processors, ability to read, react, adjust, adapt. Um, so in terms of, of mental, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit obsessed with the inputs that gamers see and how that adjusts to their physical movements and response time to me is fascinating. So that's an easy one. Yeah. Last thing for you, as we, as we end today, you know, it's super interesting to see what you've been able to create love that you were able to just look take an idea from playing one day on the court to ultimately see it come to fruition to, act, to actually have success failures and more success you know as you think about what's ahead what's ahead for point three the you know 3.0 the drive technology um, and is there someone out there in the apparel world that i know you, you know you mentioned your family's been in it but is someone, someone out there in the apparel world where you're like wow they did this and you know, ultimately trying to get to there. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll take that in two parts because we've got something real exciting happening. Um, it's a it's a, a generational transformation happening right now in grassroots basketball. You've got two incredibly powerful agents of change happening, NIL and and recruiting. Right, what used to be a linear path, high school, AAU, college some version of a pro where maybe it's bifurcated 
is now being bifurcated at this at this semi-pro level, which is high school AAU, and you can go right um, G League, o- overtime league, overseas, college, and then into a pro. So those two things combined um, makes the player more powerful than ever. And in a sport that at the top levels, the NBA has always marketed the player largely before the team, um, that is trickling down into grassroots right now. So um, we're actually out. We've we've it was publicized in, in the news a, a week or two ago, but um, we've taken on some growth capital from a group called Turn Two Equity, and really the focus is disrupting grassroots basketball. Um, and that's about all I'm able to say now. But 3.0.3.3.0, which is I'll have to work with that one a little bit. Um, we'll have, is, we'll have, I, to, I, we'll have to come up with a new acronym because there's yeah. plenty out there for you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm just I'm so excited because we sit in a unique place with our reach to really empower the players, not the the old world establishments, not the oligarchy that has run this game uh, for for generations. It's power to the players now, and so I think we've got a few tactics both as point three, but as part of a larger entity that uh, I'm really excited about. Um, and it's a great time to be rolling it out. Oh, man, I, there's so many people um, that, that I, I look up to. And, and, and again, it's not just apparel, but, but in sports. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think who, who comes to mind. Um, you know, when I got my my start um, at baseball, it was it was I worked in international in the national department, and it was very much sort of the renegade kind of startup division of a much larger company. And to see what baseball, maybe more than anyone else, has done in terms of taking America's pastime and looking at what you know, yesterday was the All Star Game and what Shohei Otani's done. And um, big shout out to my man Jim Small who. I'm going to see for breakfast next week in New York, but all the things that they've done uh, over the course of a couple of you know decades, um, where it's now, I'm sure, I don't know the stats, but I'm sure it's 30, 40% international foreign-born players in baseball. Um, I think that's amazing. And then the other one is um, what the NBA did over um, the pandemic with that bubble is just as an ops, like I, I just love being an operator. It's an unbelievable achievement. Um, all the logistics and moving parts, and then the joy that it gave the world um, on the back end, to me, is like just an incredible story. Yeah, definitely two two good ones to continue to watch and see how they, you know, affect the long term growth of those sports, right? And not just kind of the oh, well, that happened then, but but what did it help catapult, right? I think that's the other big thing that we'll see in the future. So, Michael, really appreciate your insights, perspectives on. Uh, point three, your journey, um, and much more to come as, as you were alluding to. So we'll definitely pay attention to it. And obviously, you're welcome back on anytime. Uh, thanks, man. Really enjoyed the time. And uh, keep, uh, keep staying on it, man. This is good stuff. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by Brain Fuel. Remember, you can get 15% off your next purchase at 
brainfuel.com, B-R-E-I-N, fuel.com, with the code LIFO15, L-I-F-O-1-5 at checkout. And if you like Brain Fuel, give us a shout out, comment, share, and leave a review.